This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Sandy Dalton and Paula Novosel from Wet Mountain Animal Welfare on Animal Rescue. Under full disclosure, Sandy is the Wednesday host of Rock in the Range right here on KLZR. Ladies, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Now, how old is your organization, and uh, what was the catalyst for getting it started? We've been approved as a nonprofit for approximately two years. Initially, it was an informal group of people that just wanted to make the lives of our valley animals better. Okay. On a day-to-day basis, what are the activities of the organization? We do a lot of lost and found. We we take calls from the public and the sheriff's office and the vets on lost animals and found animals and help to get them connected with their owners. We also have the Facebook Lost and Found, where people can list their lost and found animals, and then we share it out to all the community pages. We get a lot of them together that way. We get a lot of them together through the phone calls, where maybe I've seen them on the Facebook stuff, and the people that call haven't, and I can put them together really quickly. We also do things within the community. Should somebody have problem containing their dog, we will help them with face with fencing. We'll come out and actually help with the labor, the supplies, okay. um, whatever it takes to keep the animal in its home. Right, and education. If you have problem behaviors, a lot of times it's, they need to go to the vet or there's something else they can do that's actually really simple. They just need advice. Okay. Now, it's very stressful when a pet gets lost. Specifically, how do you help with that kind of situation? Facebook, I imagine, is pretty important because a lot of people in the community are on that, and people see that instantly. To start with, the most important thing is we offer low-cost chip, and that allows anybody to have it scanned so that it eases the difficulties in it being found, mm-hmm. being returned, all the contact information is with that animal always. So that's number one, is chipping the animals. We also have the chip scanner. So when you find one, we don't know, you can't look mm-hmm. at an animal, you can bring it to us, we can chip the, we can scan the animal. If mm-hmm. it's chipped, we have the information, we can call the owner. Dogs and cats, are there other animals involved? Mostly domestic, but we, we do sometimes get calls about other okay. other types of animals. All right. So if someone's pet is missing, what's their best plan of action to them? Well, to post it on Facebook to call both of the veterinarians and the sheriff's office and the animal shelters, that would be the Fremont Shelter, the Pueblo Shelter, the Buena Vista Shelter at minimum. Because people will come through, they'll take them to other towns. Sometimes they'll even take them to other states if they're traveling. And flyers. Okay. Still the flyers at every store in town, every place you can think of, that is still very, very Mm -hmm. good. Now, Now your organization does fostering. Is that true? We do have uh, volunteers that can foster. 
of course, we're always looking for volunteers as it is difficult to take an unknown animal into your home and just deal with whatever may be presented to you. Uh, so we're always looking for volunteers that could, on a temporary basis, mm-hmm. house an uh, older cat or mm-hmm. a dog that has needs 48 hours before its owner turns up kind of thing. Sure. Uh, fostering, what kind of time is typical for someone to foster in terms of days or weeks? I mean, how does that normally work? It really depends on why they're fostering. If it's if it's a lost animal or an animal that needs rehoming, it can be longer. It, be if long it has time. special needs, it can be longer. Sometimes we need people for temporary fostering while someone's in the hospital or mm-hmm. while we're waiting for an adopter that we already have lined up, but they can't take them for a couple days right? right and right. things like that. So the needs are very broad. Uh, so it could be from quite short to uh, more extensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as a volunteer, you can set the parameters of what you're capable of doing. If you sure. are capable of being a short term, then that's what we will target you for. If you're a person that has a background in obedience training or behavioral modification, then we would be more than happy to have somebody join us that could take a long-term foster. Here in this rural community, we encounter a lot of dogs that are borderline feral, so they don't know how to walk on a lead. They don't know what it's like to be in a home with a bed and to have that everyday routine and schedule that they need to live by to be a good companion. So mm-hmm. it's up to you as far as what you're capable and what you want to do. Okay. Now, can you help when an owner is no longer able to take care of a pet? We can definitely direct you in the right direction. With our limited resources, what we do have is a list of the direction to point you. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we don't take each case by case and decide what is best for this animal. Currently, we are extending care to a family of animals whose uh, dad got in, um, had an accident. And so, um, versus his animals all being taken to a shelter and him coming home from the hospital in two or three months and not Mm -hmm. having a family, Mm -hmm. we have stepped in and offered our services. So, um, again, it's case by case. Now, what sort of programs do you offer? For instance, uh, you offer free pet food as, as part of your organization? We have the Pet Wagon program, which offers free pet food for people in need, and that's, that's on Fridays at the Share Center. We have our low-cost microchip clinics. Okay. Our next one is coming up in July. (laughs) We install the chip. The chip is given to you at a cost of $15. That then is registered with a national company, Mm -hmm. and it is a lifetime chip. So you don't have to pay yearly to update your information. Should your address change, you just call them or get on their website, and you can change that all up. We also, at the time of chipping, we take a photo with the chip number so that um, local dogs, we kind of have a an idea. So we can go back and look up not only the chip, but we now have a description of the dog. We have a picture of the dog to verify exactly who it is and where it belongs. And when they register through us, when they come to our clinics, it adds us as one of the contacts that's 
automatically contacted if that chip's scanned so that we can start trying to get in touch with the owner. Sometimes it's people we know personally or see around town that may not be getting the messages that are supposed to be going to them on the animal. How about spay and neuter? Is that part of your... uh... That's what we're working on now is getting the funding for our spay and neuter program. And so we're having a fundraiser for that. The next chip clinic is going to be a fundraiser for that, and we'll have other stuff going on at that. And then we'll be raising funds into that, and then that will also help us become eligible for grants to grow and sustain the program. We were talking about lost pets. What kind of numbers do you think we look at here in the Valley? It runs in cycles. Yeah. You know, we'll have a couple weeks where we won't have anything, and then all of a sudden, in a matter of 24 hours, we'll have three dogs and a cat that have turned up here in town. Okay. I would say during the summer, we can have two or three cases a day come up over two or three days a week, and then it might slow down for a day or two in the winter. It slows down a lot more, but we still get them. But it can get it can get really heavy on on the numbers in the summer. Uh, back in the days where I was doing strategic planning, we used to talk about bee hags, big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> what what's on your list on as kind of that big project out there? That would be building a shelter up here. Okay, that would be a major project. What point are you at on that? Planning phase. Okay. Um, we're really just putting together a wish list. We have been looking at local properties, of course, to start with the piece of property. We really would like a nice little building. It doesn't have to be grand, just a safe place where we can work from and also keep what comes to us safe. Now, what's the rationale for having a local place? Uh, the, the closest similar facility is probably in Canyon or Pueblo. The so that's, those are an hour away at least. Right. That's the closest, and there is no one to take them there for you. If you find an animal, there are no services up here. That's not something that that's provided by you know, county government or anything like that, that, right, that right. to transport for you. And then you're putting the stress on the animal, the distance between the animal and the owner, and reducing the likelihood that they'll be found at all. Very often, we can find the owner within a few hours or a day or two. And if they've already gone down to Canyon, that creates a lot of hardship on everyone, and it's, it's just not good for the animals. And if someone finds an animal, one can't just drop them with Sheriff Byerly or at one of the vet clinics, I suspect. No, there's nowhere that you can drop them off up here. You can call us, and we will definitely do what we need to do to find uh, where it belongs. Now, uh, any 501c3 like yours uh, in the Valley has needs. What are yours in terms of resources? You're looking for people, your dollars... Fosters are a big one, and we need all different types, people that can do cats, people that can do dogs, larger dogs, smaller dogs. A lot of people are very specific on what what they 
can have in their home. Volunteers, we always welcome anybody that wants to join us. If you want to come down and just see what a chip clinic's like, a lot of people have never seen that happen, and they imagine in their head that it's some horrible, painful process. It takes me less than 15 seconds to implant a chip. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, volunteers, you maybe you're, you're versed in grant writing. Maybe you have a talent for, if you sew, I can figure out some way to to put that to use if we have people that want to help we are more than welcoming so mainly volunteers is what what you're after yeah Yeah. again nonprofits always working on a shoestring budget so i would say that if there's some way you want to help be it through a donation through it um, passing on old towels and blankets for the animals that we do house and care for Again, if you are good at pictures and you want to help us with the chip clinic, whatever it is that you are willing to offer, we are more than happy to accept and find a place for you with us. Okay. And Sandy, how did you get involved with animals in the first place? Like, wh- why, why this organization and not another? I've been involved with animals, I guess, my whole life since I was a small child. Mm-hmm. i it was something that I was passionate about and that there was a need for here. Um, and you have animals here in town, I know. Yes, yes. I remember sitting them. on your couch and you were talking about <laughs> the snake that was right behind my head and saying, hey, he gets out occasionally. <laughs> or, and, you know, that put me, that put me at ease. So, uh, yeah. Paula, how about you? How did you, uh, why animals? I grew up, the family business was a boarding kennel and they were dog trainers, so I just never had a life without animals. And then I accidentally stumbled across animal control, and it was something I did wanting to make things better, and that is a really stressful and difficult position for people. So my background has always been in veterinary offices or animal control, and so when I did move to the Valley, I could see that there was a need. So that is as simple as it is. I love them, and I just want to make things better. So you both have a natural uh, inclination toward this. As we run out of time, if someone wanted to get in touch with you and your organization, how would they best do that? They can go on our website, which is wetmountainanimalwelfare.org. They can go on our Facebook group which is also the Wet Mountain Animal Welfare. They can call me at 783-9192, or they can email the group at wetmountainanimalwelfare at gmail.com. What have we not talked about that we needed to? I just would like to extend to the community that we're here to help it. If you have a question, if you have a need, uh, I don't know that we necessarily can fix it, but we know what direction to point you in. And so I just urge the community to utilize us when there is a need, the purpose being to better the lives of the animals, but also for our community. I don't want a senior lady sitting out there feeling guilty because she can't get her dog to the groomer. We'll find a volunteer to give the dog a ride. So I just urge everybody to contact us should they need us. Yeah, if there's something that we don't have the solution for ourselves, we can... We can find someone who does and get you connected with someone that can help. 
Okay, good. Well, thanks for your time today, and thanks for all you do for the community, the people, and the animals. Thank you. We've been visiting with Sandy Dalton and Paula Novosel from Wet Mountain Animal Welfare on Animal Rescue. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 